So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies-to-lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash just break up. Dipsy stories.com slash just break up. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. Today, we're going to tackle topics like younger siblings, trusting our instincts, our parents' divorces, and people who are irredeemable. (laughs) Voldemort. (laughs) Uh, But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We know nothing. We are not experts. We probably both have a combined credit score of 20. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm offended. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm just trying to prove to the listeners that we know what we're talking about. I am very proud of my credit score. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I am too. (laughs) All right. Moving on. We're not experts in relationships. Uh, We hope that you take our advice as you see fit in your life. We're just here to offer our humble musings and hopefully some laughs to help out with the very rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Welcome to episode 16, Sam. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Do you remember that show? By uh, Super Sweet Sixteen, yeah, where these spoiled brats would get these crazy parties. Yeah, I was I so jealous. <laughs> of course you did. Well, I loved it too because you're like, how the fuck are they crying about getting the wrong color car? Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here driving a 1998 Ford Festiva that's essentially made out of tin foil. This car <laughs> <laughs> looked like a little ladybug, and it would stall. It was a stick shift, and it would stall every time you came to a complete stop. Oh, love that! So, so my sister and I driving it, we would like get ready to like turn it on as it came to a direct stop. You know, <laughs> like you come to a stop sign and you turn it back on, and then you keep driving. That sounds unsafe. First uh, of all, totally safe. Yeah. Happy, healthy, whole car. <laughs> <laughs> I had a 1998 Ford Taurus was my first car. Oh. Yeah. It was black. I called it the Batmobile. Of course you did. Yeah. You and Peter are perfect for each other. Peter, Sam's husband, um, when I asked him what fictional character he most related to, he said Batman. And I need to say that he is not neither an orphan nor a superhero. So I really wonder. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's true. I was like. Batman. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so cute. All right. What's our check-in topic for the day? I don't know, Sierra. What is our check-in topic for the day? Oh, it's my turn to say it, isn't it? <laughs> our che- <laughs> little peek behind the curtain there, friends. 
that when I ask Sam questions, I generally know the answer. <laughs> and that's true of relationship advice, truly. When I'm oh, like, absolutely. oh, I should, should I leave them? And Sam's like, you know the answer. Right. And that's actually our check-in topic. <laughs> We've been reading a lot of your letters, and I think today marks the last day we'll answer questions from August. Right. We're, I think so. We're like trying to, we try to do things chronologically. We get so many wonderful letters. We read them all. We yep. love you so much. Um, but to some of the answer, to some of the questions we haven't gotten the opportunity to answer, uh, we want to say like, you know what to do. Yep. We've been reading so many questions that are like, oh my God, this person is terrible to me. I love him so much, but he's awful. He like ran over my grandma and he like throws food at me, but I don't know what to do. I think I should leave him, but I don't know what to do. Right. And we don't mean to like with my stupid voice, I don't mean to like trivialize or make a joke out of your all relationship. I think Sam and I just wanted to say like, you all are so smart and so capable and you know what your heart wants. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, we both know that it can also be really hard to do, too, to know that. Yeah, and that's why this podcast exists is because people need other people. People need other people to tell them the truth that they know intrinsically in their hearts. Absolutely. And I, you know, I lived with my ex-boyfriend for two years after we broke up. (laughs) I hated that. I I knew what to do, which was that I should move out. To burn the house down, (laughs) to bring a callback from last episode. (laughs) Um. And yet I didn't do it. So like it's I understand. Yeah, it's very normal to know the right thing. And especially in matters of the heart, not be able to do it. Absolutely. Um, But we read a lot of letters where you all write like, I know I should leave him. But um, and I guess our check in, we just want to like empower you and say, like, your instincts are so spot on and important and your inner compass is right and your ability to make awesome choices for yourself is so strong and so present you just got to execute it for sure and we're just constantly blown away in all of these letters by like your emotional intelligence your introspection like yeah your awareness yeah you are thinking your bravery to share this shit oh my god we love you so much and then we get to the end and we're like well you, like from you, their letter, like we, they know what to do. They know what us. to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so we just want to empower all of you to keep writing in because we love reading your letters. <laughs> yeah. And if, <laughs> and if you always take your own advice, we will no longer have right. a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, but also, like, feel that you can take the step without getting our approval of it. Yeah. Like, you know what to do. And we think that you have the power, have the skills, have the resources to be able to do what you need to. Right. And we're with you every step of the way, whether we answer your question or not. Absolutely. Um, I hope this didn't turn off all of our listeners. (laughs) We're like, basically, you don't need our advice and uh, bye. We're just like writing ourselves out of the job right now. It's great. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's the goal, right? Happy, healthy, whole world. World. Absolutely. God, mind melt. Oh, my God. Is that our mission statement? Happy, healthy, whole world. Yeah. No, it's not. It's black, black, black. (laughs) He's a toxic (laughs) pit of sludge or whatever. Okay, thanks for bringing us down. (laughs) Speaking of, though, uh, we have a really special announcement today. Oh, we do. Yeah, today, if you go to our website, justbreakuppod.com. You are going to find some awesome merchandise. Um, How many of you would love to walk down the street and see someone wearing a shirt that says Just Break Up? Me. I would love to see that. I would love that. (laughs) Or how about a hat that just says Black, Black, Black as a constant reminder of what to do with all the terrible people in our lives. (laughs) We should do a television commercial. This is too fun. Uh, But this, you know, like to tie it back into our check-in, like I would love the idea of like somebody being like, oh my God, like my boyfriend's terrible to me, but I put so much time and effort into our relationship and I don't know what to do. I feel like I should leave him, but I just don't know. And then they look up and somebody's wearing like a just break up t-shirt and they're like, oh, fuck yeah. I know exactly what the fucking, what the fuck to do. It's yeah. like a sign. Imagine that if you bought a shirt, you could walk through the world and give people the relationship advice, relationship advice that they don't want to hear. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You guys could all be like little surrogate podcast hosts i love it anyway um check out our website um for opportunities to support us and to get some awesome just break up merchandise again that's at justbreakuppod.com i'm so excited to see pictures of you all wearing this awesome shit yes so if you buy stuff and you get it please send it to us so we can yeah i want all i want you to slide into dms with all the pictures like all the unsolicited dps which is uh, I can't. Th- I can't finish this joke. Um, <laughs> unsolicited. 
uh, dope pictures. There you go. Thank you. Thank Love you. It. I, I had to get there. <laughs> Send us some unsolicited um, merch pictures. Okay, yes, I'm done. I'm done do. with that joke. Even though we are currently soliciting. Yeah. Them. Well, you know. Please semantics. don't send us dick pics, though. <laughs> Great. Let's get into our letters. Okay. Uh, so our first uh, letter comes from Cameron Coleman, who's writing from Kansas. Pronouns are they, them, um, and their relationship is familial. Ooh, I love family letters. Me too. Uh, they write, I've known that I'm queer for five years now and have been publicly identifying as such for almost two. It's the simplest way that I can explain everything that I've got going on gender and sexuality-wise. Got love it. it. For the most part, I've had a good response to coming out. I've got a good group of friends that I can depend on, and most of my extended family has been very chill about and accepting about it. As far as my immediate family, though, the only one that I have yet to tell about my queerness is my younger brother, Gabe. Oh, Gabe. He's almost 12 and has a very one-track mind way of thinking. Once you tell him something, that's what he's going to believe until thoroughly proven otherwise. (laughs) He's a really essential Pokemon part. Pokemon are awesome. <laughs> Prove it. Prove it Pikachu that they're not. Pikachu is the best Pokemon. <laughs> Prove it that they're not. Um, he's a really essential part of my life. Whether he knows it or not, Gabe has played a big part in keeping me going when I felt like my life was falling apart. Mm. I want to share this part of myself and my life with him. I'm afraid that he'll tell me that I'm wrong, that it's not a, quote, real option, or that he'll shut down on me and refuse to talk about it. How do I do this with him without potentially losing one of the most important relationships in my life? Hmm. Sincerely, Cameron. Cameron, what a great question. And I feel a very personal connection to this because my eldest sister is a lesbian and she's been in a relationship with her partner, my sister-in-law, for 22 20 no 20 years, years. <laughs> i can't we count. did this we did this math like three episodes ago <laughs> i can't do it anyway um uh cameron my sister came out to me when i was 12 um i remember we were we she took me to walmart and then we were driving home and she said i got something to tell you um i think she said she was bisexual in that moment and uh I'm dating this person that you met a couple days ago as my friend. And I, me being the little 12-year-old, was like, oh, cool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, um, and I'm not saying that I am your little brother, Gabe, um, but I feel like a personal attachment to this letter because that coming out meant a lot to me for several reasons. I think in the past couple episodes, I said that it was really great to have queer visibility outside of my family at such a young age. But more importantly, Cameron, I felt like my elder sister trusted me with this piece of her life it made me feel grown up and respected and it didn't make me feel like an adult but it it actually made me feel closer to my sibling because Mm. i felt like we had because she treated me like a real person and not like a child Mm. so that's something to consider is that gabe um gabe is still a child but gabe has the ability to feel like honored by you sharing yourself with him especially if you do it in a meaningful way like i would say set aside time yep um do something special with him and then maybe halfway through that special thing or on the way home be like i gabe i want to share something with you i want to share something with you from my personal life Mm -hmm. and uh you don't need to love it and you don't need to respond i just want you to know because i love you and i want you to know me yeah, absolutely. And also, just prepare yourself because 12-year-olds can be assholes. Well, I was going to say the exact opposite. I was like, he's 12. What the fuck is he going to care? You know? But go ahead. Tell me. <clean throat> and you're probably, like, you know, from what you've described of Gabe, it probably is he's going to have a lot of questions and he's probably not going to get it, right? Like, that just seems to be what you're afraid of. Yeah. But he he clearly loves you and you clearly love him. So his reaction his immediate reaction doesn't necessarily mean that his reaction in the future mm. will be the same. And so, and but you can't get to that point where he can really fully understand you and, and get to understand who you are and what your identity is without having that first initial yeah, awkward conversation, right? Where he's like, wait, you are a they, them pronoun. Like, what is that? What does that mean? That doesn't make sense. I only know that boys and girls exist because right. that's what we teach our children. Right. So, um, just know that he might push back and he might not get it and he might not want to be 
around you for a while while he's confused, but know that he's 12, he's right. growing up. Eventually, he will get it and he will want to be a part of your life. Right. We don't know what we don't know. And, Absolutely. Um, we only know what we've been told. So yep. you are doing him a service. You're you're giving him a gift by letting him know the whole you. Absolutely. And we're not, I'm not... We're not trying to trivialize the anxiety that comes with coming out with your parents. No, no, like, absolutely not. I'm 32 and I still feel anxious about presenting like the queer side of my life to my family, mm-hmm. um, specifically to a couple family members, um, because the rest of my family is hella gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you're giving him an opportunity to love and know the whole you, mm-hmm. right? And on the flip side of it, I think it's I think it's important to tell him now when he's still curious, when he's still asking a ton of questions, yep. when he's still young and maybe I don't know like the the monster that is masculinity hasn't taken over his entire oh, soul absolutely, yet. Right? Yep. Um and not to pass judgment on your adorable 12-year-old brother. Yep. <laughs> um but that I think that he has every tool right now to love you. Mm-hmm. Um and that and a couple of things that you wrote about that you're afraid of, like that he um, he might question you, he might uh, not understand, he might push back. It, the way you wrote them sounds like it might be coming from an adult in your life. Mm. And if that's true, then you have the opportunity to be a different voice, to be a different narrative. Yes, and, absolutely. And at the end of the day, Cameron, you just want him to know all of you. Right. Yep, yep. You and and this is an unavoidable moment, and um, we know that it can be really awkward and anxiety inducing. But there's also so much opportunity for growth and love and acceptance here. Absolutely. Um, and if he doesn't get it right away, as Sam said, um, you have so much beautiful time. Absolutely. Yeah, we love you, Cameron. We hope that this makes you feel a little bit more emboldened, um, a little bit braver. You are. Um, you're starting an excellent journey with your brother. Absolutely. Yeah. We love you. And we love that you know yourself so well, too. Yes. We love you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. 
This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which <laughs> um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q u i n c e.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash just break up All right. Up next, we have a letter from Anonymous, who is writing to us from The Void. Hello, Sam and Sierra. I am 21, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm in a heterosexual relationship with my boyfriend of four years. We have been together since the start of college and have been very happy for the most part. We love each other very much. Our friends and families have been extremely supportive. I think this guy might be the one. Our parents have confessed to secretly planning our wedding behind our backs. We are the trademark happy couple. I thought over this so many times and have used this as an excuse to convince myself that nothing could be wrong in our relationship or that I'll never find anything as good as this. I have to convince myself that I'm being ungrateful for all the years this man has spent with me and that I'm just being dramatic. I have, however, seen red flags in this relationship within the last few months. It started on his 21st birthday, which was in March of this year. We had huge plans to spend all our savings and travel somewhere nice and relax together and find the love we first had when we met each other. We both had a stressful first semester and were putting each other to the side. After talking this through, we were both excited for this trip, so we set off to San Francisco on the first night of his birthday, we decided to go to a bar. We both got pretty drunk and he was more intoxicated than I'd ever seen him before. After arguing with him for an extensive period of time about being ready to go, I finally got him in the back of the cab to the hotel. On our way back, he blacked out. When I was finally able to wake him, I dragged him out of the cab shaking and he was shaking me and yelling totally irrational things he accused me of hooking up with one of my best friends from college he said that the reason for our distance was because i was spending so much time with this other guy when i tried to explain to him that this guy had uh, just happened to be in most of my classes he got really angry i'm i wasn't sure if he was still drunk or if this was just something else but i told him i was ready to go to bed He ended up yelling and eventually hitting me. He automatically changed back into the person I knew after this. It was like it brought him back into his body. He started apologizing and freaking out and saying he would never do something like that and that he didn't know what was happening. The rest of the trip went fine, but it's been stuff like this uh, happening ever since. He gets angry. I try to calm him down. He does something crazy and then apologizes. I feel like at times I've feared for my safety with him. I get scared to talk to him when he's like this. We've had open communication about how he makes me feel and he apologizes and promises to do better. I've had conversations with my family and ultimately they tell me he's done so much for me and I've never brought home a better guy than him. I want to please him, my friends, my family, all the people that see us together in the future. I do love him. I don't want to hurt him or anyone else. I guess what I'm wondering is, at what point does it become too much? When do I become stupid or foolish for staying with him? I don't want to leave him. I know I'm hurting, but there's something inside telling me that every person I am with in the future is going to have flaws and that I need to be thankful for what I already have in him. I've built a life and a future with this person. I don't know when it becomes too much to sacrifice all we've built together. I'm sorry for this being such an open-ended question, I just don't know what to do anymore. Thank you for any advice you can give. Oh, Anonymous, this is such a heartfelt letter. Absolutely. Um, you, yeah, we're just here with you in this feelings. Yep. Um, I hope I hope that even just hearing your own words read back to you gives you um, a little bit more of sense of surety. Um, you, know, you know what your feelings are. Yep. You know that these fears, that these insecurities can't go unheard. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the first thing I want to say personally, because this is obviously something you're really struggling with, in addition to how your partner is treating you, is that other people 
don't have any fucking place in your relationship. Absolutely. Other people's experience or other people are not experts in your experience and they're and they don't get away a, a stake in your relationship. Absolutely not. And because other people aren't privy to everything that is happening in and your relationship. And they never know the nuance of everything. No, absolutely not. And so the idea that your parents think that he's perfect, that your your parents and his parents have been planning your wedding, they don't know what it was like to be in that hotel room with your boyfriend in San Francisco. Or to be afraid to to have conflict with him to, and to fear for your safety. They don't know what that feels like in your body. Absolutely. And your body doesn't lie to you. Right. Absolutely. And frankly, I'm disappointed with the way that your parents reacted to you, them telling you telling them that story and they telling you that he's the best guy you've ever dated. Because if if that ever happened to a close friend of mine, my reaction would be to say, what can we do to make sure that you are safe in this? And oh. I, I'm disappointed that your parents didn't have that same reaction. Yeah, me too. Um, so I think we just want to first like kick everybody out of this conversation, Anonymous. Yep. Get them out of here. Yeah. Like you... Me and <laughs> except you, for us, we're here. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it's between you and two strangers. <laughs> Anybody else you love and know well, get out of here. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, I I want to kick them out of your mind right now. Like it doesn't matter what your parents think. It doesn't matter what his parents think. Yep. It doesn't matter what your friends think. It doesn't it it doesn't even matter what future you have imagined or built like paved the way to yep. none of that matters right now. Right now you are just sitting in a room across from me and Sam and we're telling you, do you think that his behavior can change? Yep. Because if not, this is an unsafe relationship to go down. These mm. red flags, I've said it before, but these red flags are not just red flags. They're promises. Yep. And if he, he can, if he, I love what you wrote that he got snapped back into his own body. But if he can't stay in that body, if he can't stay and be the good partner that he was once yep. that you deserve, then he he's struggling right now. He's Absolutely. having some severe like disconnections with reality or with who he's supposed to be to you. He's yep. he's abusing you. For sure. And the thing to recognize also is that it may feel like he was not himself in the the moment, but but that right was now him. that was him. Right. He has both of those things inside of him. Right. And so can you be in a, a relationship with someone that has both of those things inside of them and isn't able to contain that bad part? Right. I think I think you need to trust your instincts, honey. It's mm-hmm. it's so hard to make those decisions when again going back to the well metaphor, when you're digging and digging and digging a well, you don't want to get out of it because then it you you waste all of the the energy you put digging that well looking for water. Yep. But at what point does your wellness take precedent over that search for goodness? Yep, absolutely. And I think um, also, you know, you talked about how he, every person comes into a relationship with flaws. And of course, that is absolutely true. And we need to understand that people have flaws. But when the flaws are hurting you in such a in such a real way, that doesn't mean that you're not being forgiving of them. That means that they are not sustainable. They are they are flaws that cannot be fixed by you or loved by you because right. they hurt you so much. And so I want you to I love the idea that you want to embrace people for their flaws. I think that's a great thing, um, but not at the expense of your own health and safety. Right. It, to be honest, Anonymous, this letter reads with some paranoia and and so much anxiety and so much doubt like yep. I feel for you so much because I can sense how much inner turmoil you're carrying around yep. at the expense of your own wellness and your own health to keep everybody else happy. Oh, yes. I Oh, I just got chills. Yep. Right? And I think that's what is the main even driver the, here. Sweetheart, even the way you preface the letter, like we've been together for four years. Um, we're we're really happy for the most part. We love each other very much. Our parents are supportive. I think he's the one that I, you know, you, you preface this whole letter by telling us how, and, and yes, that's important to know for our backstory, but what Sam and I care about right now is not the past. It's not the future. It's not how much energy you put into this. It's not the, the imagined weddings that your plan, your parents have planned. What we want to know right now is, do you feel happy? Do you feel safe? Do you feel sure? Absolutely. And if the answer is no, then that that is okay. Yep. It is okay to be unhappy. Absolutely. It is okay to ask for more. It's okay to leave. It's okay to disappoint people. Yep. And it's okay to, to change the plan. Absolutely. And it's okay. Yeah. 
I mean, it's okay to not take other people's feelings into account when doing the best thing for That's you. That's fucking survival. Right? And it's and at this point, you know, we're talking about kicking people out of this conversation. I we need to kick them out of this relationship altogether. Yes. You need to understand between you and your boyfriend what is sustainable, what is safe, and what is going to make you happy. Right. And this behavior that he's exhibiting is frankly unacceptable. It is not healthy for you. It's not healthy for him. And it's it's going to be hard, incredibly difficult to address that within the relationship itself right now. Right. It's it it's gonna be difficult to parse that out from everything else that you have going on. Right. And we're not saying just break up. We're not saying stay with him. We are saying we see a lot of unhealthy things being sustained in this relationship, not just by you either, yep. you know, like by so many other people they they are coddling this relationship. They're letting it stay unhealthy because they're not expecting more out of it. Yep. And we expect more out of your lover because you deserve to be treated well. Yep. You, no one deserves to feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. No one deserves to feel like they can't talk to their partner or that their bodies are unsafe with their partner. And no one deserves to feel like they need to stay in a situation that makes them feel unsafe, unhappy, because other people think they should stay together. Absolutely. Um, I think one thing I want to say is, regardless of whether you can rebuild this relationship or not, um, your parents, the people who love you, your friends and family who want to see you with this man— if they truly love you, if they are capable of showing you that love, they're going to understand. Absolutely. They might not understand right away. They're, they're they're imperfect people as we all are. And so they might not get it. But but if you maybe practice vulnerability and you let them in and you maybe tell them what's going on, yep. then if they don't tell you that you deserve better, then fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And also... Know that whatever they say and whatever they feel doesn't matter because right. you made the right decision for you, and that is the most important thing. Right. So if your parents are like, well, he's so good, he's the best person you've ever met, like, fuck that. You know that he wasn't, and you know that you deserve better. And your purpose, and, yeah. And your purpose is not to make them happy. Your purpose in life is to find happiness. Right, and and your purpose on life is not even to to find love. It's to find happiness. Yep. So if they're like, oh my God, it's so great that you finally met— a nice man and brought him home and you're going to get married, you can say, mom, dad, I have so much else to do mm-hmm. than find love. Absolutely. Um, I know we kind of like skirted around the actual partner <laughs> in this situation, um, but I'm kind of fed up with him, right? Like I I, I, I'm just going to demand more. That's 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 all I'm going to say is that like absolutely, he needs to get his shit together or else you're going to leave him. Absolutely. Period. And like, let's just point out that this is a classic example of toxic masculinity wherein he can't express his feelings of jealousy until he's blackout drunk right. because he's not allowed to have emotions or feelings. Yeah, he's not he can't be vulnerable unless he's wasted and he can't be vulnerable unless he enacts it through violence. Oh, for sure. And so like let's understand that that's a this is a product of a societal thing that is right. toxic masculinity and yet let's hold him to account and say yes. that his behavior is still unacceptable. Yep, absolutely. I love it. I think you nailed it, Sam. <laughs> I was dancing while Sam was ranting about masculine, toxic, uh, masculine, mas- toxic masculinity. <laughs> I just glitched. I just like matrix. I was like, uh, uh. oh god, she really is a robot. <laughs> um, anonymous, we love you. We fuck with you. We believe in you, and we know that your happiness comes before anyone else's contentedness. Absolutely. Is that a word? How many times in this podcast have I asked you if words exist? Like Here's too often to be a, an English major, right? Oh, for sure. But also like you ask me that and I'm such a like a descriptivist that I like, I'm like, That's oh, any word? word is a word if you say a it. A descriptivist? Yeah, as opposed to a prescriptivist where you're like, there are distinct words and like usages and all of that. And I a, thought a prescriptivist <laughs> would be like a f- Somebody who works at a pharmacy. Oh. Get it? Yeah, that that, that makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anonymous, we love you. We do. We believe in you, and we hope you feel um, emboldened to face some of these really hard decisions and conversations Absolutely. in your future. And I'm I'm sorry that the, the man that you fell in love with wasn't the man that you thought he was. Yeah, totally. All right, let's move on. Thank you.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our next letter is from Aaron F., who is writing from California. I'm 22 years old, and I have two younger sisters. This past June, we found out that our parents are getting a divorce after 23 years of marriage. After a two-minute chat and being told that we are responsible for keeping our parents in line and not letting them badmouth each other. Uh, what? <laughs> yep. My dad moved out of the house right then and there. I know very little else about what is happening between them. This was a shock for all three of us. And as the eldest, I've felt a lot of responsibility in taking care of my younger sisters. However, I'm having a hard time processing this divorce, as all I've ever known is our family together. I am angry about the way they told us, and I'd like to call them out on their BS. I also know that I'm only their child, and there's nothing I can do to fix their relationship or hold them accountable for their actions. I haven't been able to talk to either one of them about their divorce, as I am still wrapped up in grief and anger. They're starting to grow impatient with my, quote, attitude. How do you accept your parents' divorce? I know we aren't perfect people, but I find so much anger in them not being able to work this out, hurting me and my younger sisters, and hurting each other. Wow, that's a great letter. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for writing that. It sounds, I mean, I'm sorry that you are going through this, that you are feeling so much anger and resentment. Uh, that's a lot to carry. And that feeling of responsibility for your younger sisters as well. Um, that's a lot for one person to be taking on. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a couple things today. I want to talk about parents. And I want to talk about my experience of divorce. And first, I want to talk about anger, though, because, Aaron, I think it is wildly appropriate for you to be angry. Oh, absolutely. Um, one, there was a relationship that your life was built upon now um, disintegrating, and that is very confusing. It's alarming. It's, yep. it's can be isolating. It's uh, it, it restructures your whole understanding of the world, and it sounds like they did it in a really shitty way. <laughs> Absolutely. And the fact that it's coming as a shock, such a big shock to you and your three sisters, mean that your parents, it seemed to me like your parents are probably people that sweep yes. the awful things under the rug. Until it's too much for them to handle. Or that they fucking said that it was your responsibility to keep them civil. Yeah. That, that. is an inadequate answer <laughs> when you are telling your children that you're getting divorced. That right. that it sounds like you're basic your parents they were basically like, Hi, we're children and we need you to parent us. Oh, for sure. Right. And it seems like they're just mad that they can't continue to sweep this under the rug. Right. They can't like they can't pretend that everything's fine because Oh, well, they handled it because they're divorced now. And they're right. every time you're like, no, fuck that. This is awful. They're like, well, we, should, we shouldn't be talking about it. And like your this. father leaving abruptly like that. I do have some like, uh, how would I say? I have sympathy in terms of I don't know what your parents' relationship was. I don't sure. know what the trigger for the divorce was. I don't know why he had to leave so abruptly. But I would say like if I was writing a divorce manual, <laughs> I would be like, don't. Don't do that. Oh, my God. Find that in the merch shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sierra wrote a four-page divorce manual. It's just drawings from her childhood. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I want to talk about my divorce. Uh, oh, not my divorce. My parents' divorce. Yep. Um, uh, the only thing I want to say is that it is possible to have a healthy understanding of love and family it, coming from a divorced household. Yep. I do want to say that, Erin, that our experiences are really different. My parents got divorced when I was younger, um, under 10. And um, I was the youngest. So I was, it's not that I was oblivious, but I was treated differently and I had different responsibilities. And it sounds like your parents are putting a lot on your shoulders. Yep. And I know my eldest sister, um, she's like the most nurturing maternal person I know. And I, I think some of that, was bred of the feeling that she had to keep the family together. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I do want to say that, like, 
Good things can come from divorce. It might not feel like it right now. It might not feel like it ever because everybody has a different experience. But for me, my divorce, because I had the conversations with my family that you are craving to have with your parents, basically holding them accountable or asking them to explain their actions. Um, I had conversations like that with my parents, and it led to a higher understanding of who they were as adults who they were as individuals, what their relationship was like, and more importantly, what it would have been like if they had stayed together. If my parents had stayed together, I think that I would have had a much more unhappy childhood, did you a have, repressed childhood. Did you have those conversations soon after they divorced, or was that like from future conversations? Well, with I was them? young. I was like eight. Yeah. Um, my dad moved out before then. They separated first. He okay. moved out, and then, um, then they got in a divorce. So. I guess I can't speak to that because I, I don't actually, I remember being told that my dad was going to go live with his friend for a while. Um, I remember. And after that, my dad and I started having like dad daughter dates. Mm-hmm. We would like go out to dinner or rent a movie every Tuesday and Friday night. And and from that, and I know Aaron, this, your situation might be totally different, but like maybe for your younger siblings, like from those dad daughter dates, I became very close with my father because I got more intentional one-on-one time with my dad than say my cousins did with their parents or, or whatever. Um, uh, and then as I grew up, I started, you know, uh, feeling different, feeling like my parents were together and my friend's parents were. And that's when I started having those conversations first with my siblings, actually. Um, and I have two older sisters. I'm the youngest out of three girls. And, uh, so, yeah, some some of it was put on my siblings. Sure. Um, and then once I was older, 12, 13, 14, I think I started having conversations with my parents. Um, but it, it's, to be honest, Aaron, it's been an ongoing conversation. Right. I, I talk to my parents about their relationship a lot. And I think that they, maybe unlike your parents, they hold space for that for me. Sure. And maybe you can ask that of your parents is that, you need to grieve and process this just like they do. Yep. You were a part of that relationship too. And maybe that's something you can say to them. You can say like that you're not just getting divorced. Like I'm experiencing this divorce too. And I need to process and grieve in my own way too. Yeah. And I think that you can have that conversation with them. Um, <clears throat> but also recognize that like you're, it might be impossible for you to hold your parents accountable for their actions. Yep. Like it, it might be that you can't, make them explain to you why they're getting a divorce. You can't make them explain to you why it happened so abruptly. You can't make them explain to you why they want to sweep it under the rug so quickly. Right. Right. So in that case, what can you do? If you can't control their actions and if you can't hold them accountable, what are the things that you can do to support yourself, to support your sisters who are also going through something similar? Yeah. What does your home life need right now? And again, it's not all on you. Right. No. It's not all on you, but you... you... I do. I agree with Sam. Like, start queuing in on what you need and yep. what you can provide for yourself. Absolutely. And and how can you strengthen those relationships with your sisters so that you can rely on them in the way and they can rely on you as well? I'm not saying take care of them or protect them from anything. Yeah. But make sure that you are all sort of recognizing that you are in this together and you can lean on each other to help you sort of process through it because it seems like your parents aren't going to, aren't going to be there for you in this moment. Yeah. Totally. And you know, we've talked about this before. Parents are flawed um, and we want to hold them accountable. And it sounds but, like, you know, that too, right, Aaron. Yep. And, but they're probably also hurting too. So um, it, it's good to create space for you and your sisters to understand that this is a hard thing to go through, that, that it can't be swept space, under like the lead. Um, and so just put yourself at the center of this right now. Put your own strength, put your own needs at the center of what you need to do and and give yourself the space and grace to be mad and be sad and to to try and figure out what your life looks like going forward now that it's been completely disrupted by the yeah. actions of your parents. Yeah, I, I want to add two things to that. And the first is um, we started by acknowledging your anger, that it's okay to be angry. Um, but I also encourage you to interpret your anger. Mm. Anger is often a reactionary emotion that is a placeholder for our true emotions that are harder to feel, which is, you know, disappointment, abandonment, confusion, isolation, um, betrayal. Yep. Like 
you are feeling so many relationship, uh, so many feelings right now due to this relationship falling apart. And anger is your first emotion and you're allowed to feel it. You're allowed to feel it for as long as you want. But anger often tells me a lot about myself. Absolutely. And the second thing I want to say is just now in this recording studio, reflecting on my parents' divorce, I think one of the more profound things that I've never realized before is that while I always, not always, while I generally accepted my parents' divorce, like I, I never pined for my parents to get back together. Um, at least, mm-hmm. at least after the first couple of years, when I was younger, I wanted them to get back together because that's what I thought parents do yep. is they stay together. But, you know, maybe 10 onward or 12 on your onward. I, I was never like, oh, I wish they stayed together. But I do want to say it was a, it was like normal grief. I processed it for a decade and still processed it because Understanding a divorce is to understand the true people your parents are and the nature of the relationship and what their relationship was before you were born, you were born, after you were born, the things they showed to you and the things that they withheld. And Mm. just be prepared to be present for yourself um, and for your siblings that this is going to this might take a while to settle in. And you might feel your my feelings about my parents divorce has changed a lot yep. not it, it has never been like oh man i wish they were together not since i was little but i have thought and reflected differently as i aged and as my understanding grew um about what i learned about love through watching them separate yeah and so this might this might uh this might be with you for a long time and you are grieving the loss of a relationship just as we grieve a breakup, just as we grieve the loss of a loved one or the loss of the understanding of the world right. that we thought we knew. Right. So um, we're, we're with you, Aaron, and um, we're sorry your parents were assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I could say that to almost every letter, really. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. But we love you we and love you. Uh, we especially um, send out love and hugs to you and your sisters. Absolutely. All right, our final letter for this episode is from Veronica, who's writing to us from Ireland. Ooh. Ooh, Ireland. Have you ever been? I have not. I have been, but I was young and foolish and paid attention to a boy, and so I don't remember a lot. Another throwback to episode one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, Okay, so Veronica writes, I dated a boy for two years that I was sure at the time was the love of my life. It has been many months since during... Since then, during which I've had flings, healed in some ways, and kept resentment in others. I've come to realize that I'm still not too sure why he broke up with me, since I think in his attempts of letting me down gently, he didn't actually give me an actual honest reason for wanting to end our love. A couple weeks after breaking up, he started texting me again and wanting to find his way back into my life, but I ultimately decided that I did not wish to get back together, since he couldn't even bring himself to actually ask it. He literally said to me one time, quote, I think I want to be with you (laughs) or to be honest with himself about what he really wanted. It was a very difficult decision on my part since I loved him very, very much. Added to all this, he began hooking up with the girl he'd recently befriended right after we broke up. When he tried to get back into my life, not two weeks later, he lied to me about having been with anyone else since. When I found out he lied and confronted him about it, he said that he did not want anything to tarnish us resuming our relationship. His lying, along with anything else, informed my decision to remain single. I recently found out through his cousin, who is a really good friend of mine, that he cheated on me in various occasions when we were together. Also, that in a recent heart-to-heart they had, he revealed that he sees me still as the love of his life, his endgame love. He also told him that he w- I was the one who left him, giving my friend a completely different idea of about what went on and how. I'm irritated and confused and hurt by all this new information because I think he thinks me not taking him back after our relationship meant nothing to him means that I um, was the one to leave him. My question is, how do you reconcile that a person you thought you knew so well could be somebody else entirely? How do I reconcile with the idea that he did all these things that hurt me and then turned around and tried to resume our relationship in a dishonest kind of way? Why is he still hung up on me when he couldn't give two shits about me? And how do I forget about this entirely since it's been many months and I want nothing to do with him anymore? Veronica, I love this letter. I mean, I don't love your heartbreak. (laughs) 
Um, but I like the question they're asking because I think a lot of people struggle with that of like, one, the internal conflict of like, I thought I knew this person and yeah. then they were a piece of fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two, like when people's actions don't match um, what they said or what they meant to say or their past, like our brains want thing to make want things to make sense so bad. Yep. Um, and they just don't all the time, especially in matters of the heart. And that's it's hard. It makes us feel unstable, you Absolutely. know. Um, yeah, I I think that. Again, kind of going back to our check in, uh, Veronica, you you know what your heart wants, you know what to do. And sometimes all we had with somebody is all we're going to have. And we don't need it to make more sense. Yep. We don't need it to be more. Um, you might be mining for something that doesn't exist, yep. which is like the clarity of closure. For sure. And I think that's, that is hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. To yeah. The idea that, especially when it comes to breakups, the idea that you're never going to know what the thing was. Yeah. That caused the breakup. Yeah. Because we want to be like, okay, well, then I can fix that thing. Right. Or I, I know the thing is, that is a thing that's wrong about me and I will be more aware of it when I try it again because we're all trying to be better. But the fact is, is that he probably doesn't even have an answer to that question. Right. And if he did have an answer to that question, he clearly is not very trustworthy. So he could easily just make something up yeah. or say something to hurt you yeah. or say something to manipulate you into getting back together with him. Yep. And so trying to find those answers can sometimes be more painful and lead us to more heartbreak yeah. than just accepting the ambiguity of the fact that we will never know what causes yep. people to not like us or to fall out of love with us or to break up with us even though they claim they want to be with us. And seeking this type of clarity, um, while totally natural and human and so common, it's all about wanting things to be different or wanting mm. things to be palatable. And some shit just is too hard to swallow. Some yep. people are irredeemable. It's okay that you loved him and he turned out to be a piece of shit. It is. Yeah, it's okay. You, you loved the the piece of him that he actually showed you. Yes. And he never showed you his full self. Yeah. And so that, it doesn't undermine the love that you felt for him. It undermines the fact that he's a piece of shit that couldn't show up in a relationship. Yup. <laughs> But let's let's do the hard head and heart work, Sam, together okay. in the studio right now. Like we just called him a piece of shit like seven times. <laughs> How can we frame it in a way um, that helps Veronica accept his brokenness and move on? So mm. I think I would say this person obviously is struggling with what he wants, what he can and cannot have, and yep. who he wants to be at the end of the day, and. Uh, I can at least relate to that. I can I can at least relate to treating people poorly because I didn't know authentic, like authentically what I wanted. Yep. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> Does no, that I help? Does that make him less of a trash can? I think that's absolutely true. So Veronica can, can turn around and say to herself, uh -huh. this person was struggling and acting out and being selfish because they are not a wholly developed person right now or the parts of the parts of this person that I need yep. weren't fully developed. So why would I want to be with yep. this person or understand this person when they were not wholly the person I need? For sure. And I think that I'm hopeful that that would help you also understand the reason for the breakup too, right? Because like, Ooh, yeah. because if he is showing up in a way that is insecure inconsistent. and inconsistent and he doesn't know what he wants, like that's not on you. That was not any of your issues that caused the breakup. Yeah. It was his own struggles with finding himself and understanding and who he is and what he wants. And the fact that he told your friend that you were the one that left him tells me that he is so unsure of his own narrative and his own desires and identities that he he doesn't know he, he's not willing to face his real whole self. Absolutely. And so it's kind of like if that's if if we break it down like that, Veronica, you love somebody who was hurting and who hurt you because they didn't have all the answers. They didn't have um, clarity in their own desires and they didn't have the ability to treat you well. Yep. And he left you because he felt unsure of all those desires. And that might never make you feel good because because it hurts to be left, period. Absolutely. Yep. But I think the fact that you 
the fact that you are recognizing that and you are able to say like, that is not what I want, I think speaks to how awesome and badass you are yeah. and how much you know what you want. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And, and see that part of yourself, like admire it and, and continue to listen to it because you're doing a great job of saying, I don't want your wishy-washy, wishy-washy, <laughs> tepid bullshit. I want someone that's going to show up for me, that's yeah. going to be able to be with me, that's not going to lie to me. And and that's that's awesome. So keep keep on trucking with that. And don't let his, whatever he's going through, have any sort of bearing on who you are and yeah. the awesomeness that you are bringing, not only to relationships with other people, but just like to your relationship with yourself. That's It's awesome that you see who you are and that you want to protect that. Yeah, totally. I think there's something really uh, simultaneously like emotionally intelligent and petty <laughs> uh, by saying like, I wish him well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Veronica, I think you can say to your loved ones and your friends and I don't know, your homie who is his cousin, say like, you know what? Like, not all journeys can be mine. I wish him well. We have to thank our friend Heather because yeah. she loves to say, not all journeys can be mine. Whenever she wants to judge someone, she just says, not all journeys can be mine. Which I love because it's like the most, like, I don't know, woo-woo, emotionally intelligent thing to say while still being really wicked judgmental. <laughs> but it's true. Like, uh, Veronica, like, free yourself of this man. Yep. Free yourself of caring about him, of trying to understand, because that's emotional labor you're doing for his betterment, and you don't need to make him better anymore. No, absolutely not. I wish him well. We wish him well, Veronica. We do. But uh, we wish you the the most well. <laughs> the wellest. <laughs> yeah. uh, we love you, Veronica. Thank you so much for writing. Um, Thank you. I hope you find, like, a hot sexy Irish babe to make out with in the next couple days. Ooh, yes. Mm. I'm into it. Okay. All right. That wraps up episode 16, sweet 16. Woohoo. Make sure to check out our website to find out merchandise. I really want to see people wearing their cute black, black, black hats. And um, before we close out our episode, we want to give you our blind date, which is where we set you up with something that we think is awesome. This week, we want to set you up with fucking bubble baths. Oh my God. <laughs> On the way to this episode, Sam was like, uh, I'm going to talk about bubble baths for our <laughs> blind date. And I was like, really? Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. It's Lay now it officially me. cold in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I forgot that I love about cold weather is that you get to take bubble baths. Yeah. Which like is making just like, a little human soup. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, gross. <laughs> now you've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> a little steep steep in the human tea bag. Oh God, I regret everything about my life. <laughs> um, but I just think it's an opportunity. Like fall is coming, winter is coming, and I think it's just an opportunity for us to commit to taking care of ourselves. Right? And so I think um summer is always a crazy time for me with just like a million things going on all of the time. AKA and, patio season. Right, absolutely. And like going on trips and like yeah. We got fucking married, so, like, whatever. But, like, taking the opportunity to take time for myself, yeah. I think, is something that I want to be able to commit to. And bubble baths is sort of, like, a extension of that. Yeah. But just the idea of saying, tonight I'm going to stay in. I don't have to talk to anyone. I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to read my book. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to light a bunch of candles. And I'm just going to relax and enjoy this time Uh Sort of getting in touch with myself and being more, uh, more accommodating of my need to to relax. And totally, be being present and alone. staying no, saying no, yeah, and um, and committing to that that time to yourself. So essentially, you're saying your blind day is self care. A little bit, yeah, yeah, well, well, tiny little bit. <laughs> I just think it's the changing of the seasons. It's time for us to like think about. Yeah, can you can you can ask the listeners to like commit to something this yeah. week? Yeah, oh, that's a great idea. Let's uh, check in. Next week, you and I, and mm -hmm. talk about, like, one thing that we did to help, you know, provide self-care to ourselves. Yeah. And let's ask, and listeners, if you want to commit to that with us um, and send us a Instagram or a DM on Twitter to let us know what you did, please do. We'd love yeah. to hear it. Taking care of yourself is just as important as fostering your healthy relationships. Absolutely. Great. 
So that wraps up our episode. You can like us on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, or send us questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, where you can also find our t-shirts and merch. <laughs> uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. It literally keeps the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, something might be ending in your life. You might be breaking up or changing jobs or moving. Or maybe there's a friend that's leaving your life. Or you've made the decision to end an unhealthy habit or end an unhealthy relationship. But we're here to tell you this is not the end. You are surrounded by love, by potential, by opportunity, and everything is and will be okay, even if it doesn't feel like it. Your your heart is open to so much new possibilities. You are worthy of love, and the more you love yourself, the more you will be able to receive it from others. You love yourself unconditionally right now, whether it feels like you can or not. The potential is in you. And you are attracting relationships and opportunities right now of things that will be good to you. You will be stronger on the other side of this season. You will be capable of being the person you want to be. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you are already that person. And if all else fails. Just break up.